Hi, Mama. Welcome to Ministry and Motherhood. This is your host, coach, and mentor, Lauren Apple. Here at Ministry and Motherhood, we want to see you step fully into your God-given ministry impact at home and in the marketplace. So let's get moving. Hey, ladies, we have a very special guest with us today. She is actually a mentor of mine, and I have loved partnering with her and being poured into from her. And we have Diana Swillinger here. She is an advanced certified life coach for Christian women. And she talks all about getting out of your mind, right? Getting unstuck and getting into places where you can just move forward uh, where God has called you. So Hi, Diana. So good to have you. Hi. People probably heard me. I tried to hold back my laugh and you're like, get out of your mind. I'm like, that's awesome. Let's get out of our mind. I know. I realized that as soon as I said it, sometimes things. No, but I like it. (laughs) However we think about it. I like, so this is what I do. I help people think in different ways to get out of the ruts that we're stuck in because our brains go on automatic pilot all the time. So let's find, let's get out of our mind. Let's get out of what we're used to thinking yep. and, and find a new way. So what was your question? Did you ask me to tell you? Awesome. No, I just said, hi, but oh, love for you to like, tell us. Did I miss a question already? No. <laughs> oh, okay. all, you know, all the ladies that are listening in and kind of where they're at, we got some moms who just are ministry minded and usually moms of multiples here that are listening in and desire to make an impact in their home and outside their home. And so I would love for you to just share us a brief, like story of you, how you're a mom, the impact you're making, what led you to that um, and brought you to what you're doing in your business today. Sure. I love telling stories because by the way, I think they're one of the best ways for us to express ourselves and connect with other people. So I'll just say a couple of fun facts and then I will do story time. So I am a mom of four and I, uh, three of them are adults. My boys are 18, 20, and 22. So two are on college and my 20 old, 22 year old is finding his way through life. He's working at a Christian adventure camp this summer and, um, not sure what he wants to do, but then I have, um, another in a four-year college and another in a technical college. So a little bit of everything as they've grown up and I've kind of told them you get to do whatever you want. There's no right or wrong path and to watch them figure it out is fun. And then I've got a 12 year old little girl who is going to be in seventh grade and get in braces and my only girl. So teen years coming, that'll be fun and new for me. But, um, you know, I got married, grew up in a Christian home, got married to a Christian man, went to church. I was a worship leader. I'm volunteering at the school, um, three little boys at home, and just trying to do everything right. My husband and I had a business. And so trying to work a business together, you know, that's interesting when you're married sometimes, but here I am trying to do everything right. We had our, you know, three kids, two cars, house in the suburbs, church, school, business, everything should be great. I'm in the Bible every day, going to Bible studies. And I hated my life. Mm. So there's this afternoon I'm in my bedroom amidst all this. And I think I had my daughter by, by then too. And I had called my church mentor that morning, but it was just a rough, rough day. It's the middle of the afternoon in the summer. The sun is shining. I go in my bedroom. I'm laying on the bed, no pillow, just letting my head hang there. And I just not, I just couldn't move. Hmm. The phone rings and I stare at it. (laughs) thinking 
That's going to take energy to answer. So I just lay there. It rings a couple of times and then it hits me. Oh, it's probably my mentor from church calling me back. I'm going to answer the phone. So I talked to her for a little while. She had been helping me through some difficult times in my life. And I hit this wall. I don't even know what I said to her on the phone. I don't think I said much of anything. I didn't have any words. Hmm. I was just exhausted, tired. I couldn't identify anything for me. And I felt like I wanted to give up. And she in the quiet said to me, Diana, I think you're discouraged. I was like, I'm discouraged. Yes, I think that's right. I'm discouraged. (laughs) And you wouldn't think of feeling discouraged and identifying that as bringing a smile to your face, but it did for me because I, I found some relief in being able to identify, oh, I'm discouraged. I'll look that up in the dictionary. I love words. (laughs) It means without hope or without being able to see a bright future or a future that you desire. Discouraged. That's it. I don't have hope. (laughs) In that moment, though, I knew what to do. I knew that I could get to work finding God's truth for hope. I could get in the Bible with that knowledge. I could talk to my mentor with that knowledge. I could do something with that. And something switched in that moment. And there were other moments too. And you put them all together. And I started down a path where I was like, what does it mean that I could identify my emotion and find relief and then set down a path where I could find courage instead of in hope, instead of being discouraged. Mm -hmm. And over the next many years, I was back in college. I was taking psychology courses. I still had my mentor at church. Um, I started following life coaches. I hired a life coach. I had counselor that I was working with and a marriage counselor and putting all these tools together in this new way of understanding how our thoughts and our emotions and all this ties together and the power that we have then have to change it once we're able to truly identify what's going on and have a voice. And it set me down the path to becoming a life coach and then advanced certified life coach and and working with women. And over the years, I've solidified even more and more tools. And now what I do is I have a podcast, the Renew Your Mind podcast, where I speak to women every week on how to put these tools into place. But then I coach women one-on-one and hope to be starting a group coaching in the near future as well. And I do webinars and all this other stuff, anything I can do to get out there and tell people there's a way to feel better. You don't have to go through life um, trying to do everything right, but then still feeling terrible. So now instead of, instead of feeling discouraged every day, I used to wake up with anxiety and feel discouraged every morning when I wake up, I'm like, all right, it's another day doesn't matter what it brings. I'm going to be okay. Instead of feeling um, like I'm stuck all the time, I feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And instead of feeling like I have nothing to help myself, I have an arsenal of tools where I can help myself. And that's why I've got to get this news out to other people yeah. and help them. So if I were to break it down too, and you know, cause we've talked about this, just teeny little mind shifts. Yeah. in something we're thinking, if we can get out of, you know, get out of our mind and <laughs> get out of that rut yes, and just a little bit and move a little bit off. It just like, I think of it like cross-country skiing ruts, you know, I'm in Wisconsin, you used to live in Wisconsin, cross-country yeah. skiing is a thing we do up here. Well, I don't, but I have, 
And I know when you take the, the path well-traveled, there's cross-country ski ruts and your skis just fit in these ruts where other skis have gone over and over and over and they slide and it's easy, pretty easy. But if you want to get in the fresh powdered snow and forge a new path, mm -hmm. it just takes a little effort. Yep. So if we can put in a little effort and get out of that well-worn path of how we've been used to thinking that takes us into frustration and discouragement and whatever else we're feeling and shift a little bit to the side, it's going to take the effort, but it's going to be a brand new path and we'll get to go towards peace and contentment and hope and joy, all that stuff that God promises us. It's there. Yeah. We just need to know how to renew our mind to access it. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. You know, when you think about that, when you talk about those ruts, I love how God has created our brains, right? Like it's this fascinating organ, our brain and our body and the way that God creates it to like create synapses, right? Like those pathways where you go from one place to the other. And have you ever found yourself driving to somewhere and you end up going to work or to school or whatever? You're like, wait, why am I going here? That wasn't where I, because it's just your habit, right? It's that pathway that you're taking and our brain works that way. Right. And so it's really easy for us to get into these places where it naturally runs um, to these new, and it's a lot more effort, like you said, going into that new fresh snow, but I have lots of ladies here that are listening in that are in a place in their life where they're like in the midst of chaotic mothering, right? Like they have newborns that they're nursing that are up all throughout the night and toddlers that are running around wild during the day and kids entering into school and all of these things that they're managing all at one time. And so when they have these, you know, paths or mindset pathways, right, that are easy to go into that gets them into the discouragement or the negativity or the fear or the doubt or the anxiety, to be able to form those new pathways, like what is one practical thing that they could implement into their life that's not going to take hours of their day, right? Because we're talking to these ladies that are like, I just don't even have time to shower every day. So yeah. how am I going to sit down and process through my thoughts and, and work through this idea of creating more positive thoughts out of my negative emotions that are here? Yeah, I, I'll give you something simple, but I have to admit I didn't have these tools when my kids were little Yeah, and I was a mess when they were little. Yeah. So I, I understand I'm taking tools I have now for you to apply then, uh, for what was for me then, but where a lot of these moms listening are, I mean, I had the three boys, they were two years apart. So I always had two in diapers. Mm -hmm. I even remember when they, you know, I had two with an ear infection at the same time, those were sleepless nights. I was losing my mind. And I would first start by saying, we just need to be okay with the way it is. Hmm. We tend to think, this is what I'm offering to the, the moms with younger kids. We think it's supposed to be a certain way, but we're wrong about that. Hmm. We think the house is supposed to be somewhat clean. Maybe we're wrong about that. We're supposed to have dinner for the family every night. Maybe we're wrong about that. The kids are supposed to wear clean underwear every day. Maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe it's okay if they wore the same pair two days. I mean, whatever it is, we put stories in our head and re what they are are beliefs. And I've heard it described this way. A belief is just something that we've thought for so long that we think it's true. So my house is supposed to be in order is a belief we have. And the only reason we have that belief is because we've thought it so long. We think it's true. We saw it on TV. 
We saw it from the other women at church. We saw it from our mom, our mother-in-law says that, whoever else, the neighbor's house seems that way. We see it and we think it's true. And then we try to apply it to our life when it may not be true for us at all. It's just something we made up because that's what seems true in our culture. But maybe it's not true. Maybe the house isn't supposed to be in order. Maybe if you have a bunch of little kids and you've got two of them in diapers, remembering what it was like for me when I'd find my toddler in, trying to change a diaper and I come out and I find my toddler on the counter holding knives. Okay? Yes. <laughs> or I went and helped the other kid and I come back in and the baby's smashed because I left the high chair too close to the wall. Bananas are now smashed on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's not wrong that that happened. It's not that something went wrong. This is just life. It's okay. So I think the, the biggest or the um, more, most succinct way I'd describe this skill is to question our thoughts by loosening it up from what we think is true by adding a maybe in front of it, mm-hmm. or it's possible. So we think, oh no, the house is a mess. That's not okay. What if we, we put a maybe? Oh no, the house is a mess. Maybe that's not okay. See, now we're just pulling ourselves out of the rut a little bit. And by adding the maybe, we question our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Lauren, what's one of the thoughts that, you, that with your little kids that you feel you feel like, oh man, it shouldn't be this way. It should be better. I'm not doing it. Um, that my kids don't listen very well. Most of oh, <laughs> okay. So the thought is my kids should listen. Yep. And if we put a maybe in front of that, maybe my kids should listen. It loosens us from it. And it's probably actually more true because let's think about this. How many kids under the age of 10, yep. do you think listen to their parents in any given moment? What percentage? <laughs> oh man, I would have no idea. Probably 10%. I'll throw it out there. 10% <laughs> of the kids listen to their parents in any given moment. And yet we think yep. kids should listen to their parents when 90% of the time they don't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why are we torturing us thinking kids should listen to their parents and then getting what, cause when they don't, we get frustrated. Yep. Now we're feeling frustration. And then what we do when we feel frustrated is we get snappy at the kids or we slam doors or we go in the bathroom and lock the door. <laughs> These yep. are all things that I did anyway. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm going back to the, to the archives, but, um, that's all it does when we think kids should listen. Yeah. The reality is kids shouldn't listen. Kids don't know how to listen yet. They get lost in their thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's why the proverb is train up your child in the way that he should go. Yeah. Because they need training. They don't just automatically listen. That's not what they do. They automatically don't listen. Yeah. So kids shouldn't listen is much more true than kids should listen because the reality is they don't. Yep. So let's not torture ourselves with kids should listen. And if we want to just, it's hard to make the opposite thought. Okay. Kids shouldn't listen. It's like, no, I still really think they should. (laughs) Well then in the meantime, Adam, maybe, yeah, maybe kids should listen. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. 
Maybe sometimes kids listen and sometimes they don't. And let's just loosen ourselves up from the thoughts that we're holding on to so tight that create the frustration and um, discouragement and yeah. exhaustion and everything else. So the stuff's still going to happen. Basically, let's not just have thoughts that create frustration and irritation on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we just loosen it up. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I love that you are constantly like talking about and, you know, pouring into even your podcast and your trainings on Facebook and even in one-on-one conversations with you is just this idea of changing our mindset doesn't automatically equal that our circumstances will change. Right. And I think so often we like go after all these people, you know, these gurus we want to listen to or things we want to like pour into that say, well, if you do this, all of a sudden you're going to have well-behaved kids or you do this, you're going to make $10,000 a month. Or if you do this, you're going to have more free time to spend with your kids and, and all these things. But you talk about how, you know, the power of changing your mindset doesn't necessarily change your perspective or I mean your circumstance, but it's going to change your perspective. Do you want to touch a little bit on that and what that looks like and and how we can move forward with even recognizing, you know, everything might not get better in our life because we um, are changing the way we think about things. Exactly. I mean, I always go back to Paul as the greatest example of this. I love going to Philippians four. It's where we have the whatever verse that I call it. Um, but Paul, which I'll go back to, that's Philippians 4, 8, whatever's good, whatever's holy, the whatever's. But I think it's, um, I might get the exact number wrong. I think it's Philippians 4, 13, where Paul says, I have learned to be content, whether I have little or whether I have much. He's imprisoned at this time that he's writing to the Philippians. And he's telling us that he's learned to be content. He didn't get freed from his house arrest. And then he was content. He was on house arrest, unable to do ministry as he envisioned and learned to be content there. Circumstance Mm -hmm. didn't change. What did change? Philippians 4, 8, whatever's good, whatever's holy, whatever's righteous, whatever's admirable, think on these things. We have the formula right here. Hmm. First, he says, if you focus your mind on these things, what comes next, you learn to be content, whether you have little or whether you have much this, if we go back to the kids should listen, what if we just take out all the shoulds? Yeah. There are no shoulds. There's just what is Hmm. doesn't always turn out the way we think most of the time. It doesn't Paul wanted to go preach to the nations and he was on house arrest and he got to write letters. Yeah. And God used that didn't look like what he thought it was going. It wasn't the way he thought it should be. It was the way it was. It's always the way it is right now in this moment. Hmm. What if we just accept that and we can focus our minds on what is lovely when we're focusing on all the wrong, whatever's, whatever's broken, whatever's not working, whatever is unlovely. Yeah. Whatever we wish was different, that breeds discontent. And I know there's a time our minds go there. So again, as I'm talking to moms with young kids, it is a mentally taxing time. 
There will be times when your brain on default starts focusing on all the problems. That is part of how God made our brain. He made us problem solvers. And when we're very exhausted, our brain is going to start focusing on the problems because it just wants to fix them. We have brilliant brains. We have iPhones and air conditioning and airplanes. We have all sorts of stuff. Our brains have created to solve because we wanted to solve a problem. Yeah. Our brain automatically wants to try to do that. Sometimes the problems aren't super solvable. I'm still going to have kids with diapers tomorrow morning. And you know, ones that like to stick their hands in their diapers and throw peas on the wall and punch their brothers. <laughs> it's still going to be what happens tomorrow. I can't solve that problem. Yeah. But it's okay that our brain still wants to try to just go and mill about, about all the problems to try to find a solution. But the only way to get relief from, cause that's frustration and exhaustion and all that. The only way to get relief from that is to also give your mind time to focus on the good. So if we give ourselves a lot of grace during the hard time with young kids where it's so taxing, if we could at least just try to balance it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm focusing on the problems sometimes, but I'm going to spend at least equal time purposely putting my brain to work, to focus on what is good, what is lovely, what is righteous. Mm. That will bring some balance. That's why gratitude journaling works so well. Yep. Even if you write down one thing you're thankful for every day, you're purposely focusing your brain on something that's not a problem, but something that's just lovely, just yeah. as it is. Mm. That's so powerful. And I love that because I am so like, the one who looks to the future. So let's go after those dreams and let's establish some habits and disciplines and routines and, and do all these things. But it is so powerful to recognize that even when you're working towards those things, your brain in so many ways can hold you back, right? And in your yes. mindset can leave you stuck um, no matter what your physical body does, right? Or no matter how obedient you are to Christ in your actions, um, you know, the devil. Can I add something in here too? Cause, um, I don't know why my brain made this connection, but as you're talking about habits and and stuff and doing things, which is totally valid. Um, and I'm all for that all the time. I spend a lot of time. I think of it as like what you, what you think comes first, then it's what you feel and then what you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, the doing is very, very important those habits, you're going to be able to do them a lot better when your emotions are in a good place. If you're trying to create habits out of frustration, meaning that's the emotion that you're feeling is frustration. Mm -hmm. But now I got to do this habit. It doesn't work as well as when you come to trying to do that habit from a place of commitment or contentment or satisfaction or uh, peace or something else. Um, And I think This is where I'm saying, I don't know how I got to this, but I think one of the most important pieces in making this all work is giving ourselves grace and loving ourselves where we're at. Mm -hmm. If we think of the shoulds again, there is no exact way. Like I should be this, I should be doing this. I should be feeling this. I should, let's just take all that out. I am doing this today. I want to do this. I choose to do this. I'm going to choose this habit because I love me and I want to do something that'll create a better, better health for me or better, um, mental health or more emotional stability or to grow spiritually. 
-hmm. I do that for me because I love me. Yeah. So I think that's a, a very, very important piece, especially with the kids running all around. We're always thinking of what they need. Yep. And, um, we get to love ourselves in the middle of that too. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. That's so powerful. Well, I appreciate your time with us. I would love if you had any other closing thoughts or encouragement to these ladies, um, to share that. And then maybe just tell us a little bit more of where we can find you. Sure. My encouragement. Well, you know, this time doesn't last ladies. (laughs) I, um, what I have to say, you know, with a 22 year old now, the hardest, two hardest times for me parenting were when they were all little, when I had at least one in diapers and they were all little. And then when I had, um, my boys success, uh, successively going through those teen years, that was a little bit hard too, um, as they grew into adulthood, but there are moments of reprieve. If you're not feeling it yet, it, it, it is coming and you're doing okay. How you're getting through your day today is okay. It's not an easy job to be a mom and fulfill your dream and find a place for you to express yourself and your creativity and the passions that God's instilled in you. Um, but the, there's ebb and flow. You're, you're going to have this, the, the time God, God's got the appointed time for all of it. Right. So I love Ecclesiastes with the seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a season for everything. Keep your self-care and self-love alive. You matter in all of this and keep that, um, keep that, what what do you call it? The, in a gas stove, that flame that's always going. Yeah. The igniter, is it? Oh, shoot. What is it? The pilot light, right? Keep the pilot light burning. Yeah. (laughs) Keep that pilot light for your passions burning. Yeah, that's good. Even if you just feed it little nuggets, the season's going to come and the way you're doing it today whatever you see when you're looking around your house or your car, or whatever your kids are doing right now, it's okay. You're doing okay. God's got you love yourself through it. Just like last thing, love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. as yourself. However it is you want to dole love upon your kids and your husband and your sister and your brother and your neighbor, all that goodness you want to give to them. It comes from giving it to yourself. Yeah. That, that, cause then you're not empty when you want to give to everyone else. So yeah. love on you too. That's it. That's Take it. care of you. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to find me, your podcast listener, best place, just go search the renew your mind podcast with Diana. You'll find me and you can get more of this kind of stuff and uh, stories. And I, I address all sorts of topics and, and how to um, think about things differently. So I would love to see you over there. Yeah, it's powerful. And I'll put a link to your podcast show as well in the notes below this podcast episode. So everybody can tune in with that, but that is so powerful. And I just want to finish with one final encouragement. If you are a lady out there and you feel like, man, I just 
am praying for and looking for like a mentor in my life that's going to pour into me and love on me. And maybe you don't have the investment. Maybe you don't have the relationships in your small group or your church right now. I just want to challenge you. You find someone you connect with online, reach out to them and, and offer that opportunity. And um, that is what I did with Diana. And she has been so gracious to just lovingly pour into me. And it's challenged me to do that in my own life with um, other ladies that I serve as well. And so I want to challenge you to do that. God has a way of opening doors and connections and relationships in ways that are beyond what makes sense or what other people tell you to do. And so just pray about it. Challenge yourself to reach yourself outside of your comfort zone and ask for it. I have to say one more thing. Yep. <laughs> Y'all, Lauren is the real deal. She loves God and she loves every single one of you listening. So if you need somebody to walk alongside you and help you in this journey and offer you wisdom and be a conduit of the love of Christ and his grace and acceptance, and just having someone next to you, pick her up on whatever she's offering, whatever she's got going, you will not regret it. She is amazing. And I adore you. And I really, really appreciate you having me on today, Lauren. Ministry and motherhood. We're praying that today was an encouragement to you, but more than that, inspiration to just start taking action. Want to learn more? Join our Facebook group called Ministry and Motherhood or check us out online at laurenapple.org.